0: It's
1: time. It's time. It's time. It's time time for Tech Tuesday.
0: Welcome back to Tech Tuesday. I'm Myla Wong.
1: My name is Raj Shroff, and I'm a director of applied AI research at Blue Artificial Intelligence.
0: AI dating chatbots have actually been here for some time, but they are getting better since AI is increasingly sophisticated. But first, Raj, can you tell us how to interact with an AI companion?
1: You can actually choose from hundreds of virtual boyfriends or girlfriends on these apps. So for example, you could decide to get into a relationship with a pop star, a CEO or even a historical warrior and you can have conversations with them almost in real time either in text or in speech just like if you were chatting with them online on whatsapp or anything like that
0: and how do you create an ai dating chatbot
1: these ai bots are trained on a huge amount of text so you can think movie dialogues romantic novels they're trained to answer specific questions maybe questions that a girlfriend would typically ask a boyfriend or the other way around
0: Right, and how much better are these bots now since the start of the AI boom?
1: We really see the quality of conversations improving. So it becomes more human, it doesn't sound robotic, even their facial expressions, body language, it appears more natural than it did in the past.
0: How popular are these AI companions? Is there a growing user base around the world?
1: Well, it's hard to get real numbers because some of these bots don't exist as standalone apps that you can download in an app store. Sometimes you can talk to these AI models through another app. But at least in terms of market research, there's definitely an increasing trend over time and it's not slowing down anytime soon. Even small apps in China like Glow, they're seeing thousands of downloads per day.
0: But AI dating comes with its own risks, like privacy concerns, right?
1: Privacy concerns are definitely an issue. People chatting with an AI boyfriend or girlfriend, they might reveal intimate personal details, much like we do in a real relationship. We haven't really seen a data breach around these kind of apps yet, but it's only a matter of time. So one possible solution is to introduce end-to-end encryption. That means only I can see the details of my chats with somebody else. Even the company that owns the app cannot see that conversation data. Even if somebody hacks that data, they cannot see the actual conversation, just some encrypted mumbo-jumbo.
0: Right. And what if the company changes the language model? The bot may seem different.
1: Now, this can also be an issue. If we look at an app in the U.S. called Replica, which lets you start a relationship with an AI companion. And people are posting online that the relationships they start with these AI chatbots, essentially, can get quite intimate and passionate. Now, the app recently removed some features that allowed you to have more intimate and flirtatious conversation options with your AI girlfriend or boyfriend. This made the users very angry because it was like their AI girlfriend suddenly stopped being romantic with them. And as a user, there's no real way you can get around this. You're really at the mercy of the AI company.
0: Mm. Since technology is advancing at such a rapid speed, we are now seeing these AI dating chatbots on virtual reality headsets. They seem more real in a sense. How do you see these bots will evolve in the future?
1: AI companions will become more and more personalized. Now, imagine if this goes into, as part of a virtual reality headset, how much more interactive and how much more immersive could that experience be? And in these cases, like these bots will learn to interact with us in new ways. And it's almost like their personalities might grow and become more human over time. Maybe they'll become so human that the AI chatbot will start arguing with us and maybe not agreeing with us all the time what's missing is the physical element. We're nowhere close to giving these AI companions a physical body, but it could happen many, many years down the line with humanoid robots. I think it's worth thinking about how we will evolve as human beings and how we will perceive relationships in the future. Will we as the human race invest more time and effort into human relationships or into AI relationships? Will some younger people today not even try for a human relationship because people are already talking about this online? So there's some real questions to think about, not just on an individual level, but also on a society level.
0: Hong Kong is planning to consult people this year on changing the copyright law to keep up with the rapid development in AI. Um, Raj, can you name some issues that need to be addressed?
1: High impact cases come to mind. First, the copyright lawsuit where artists like painters, visual artists are suing companies that are producing AI image generators, such as Mid Journey and Stable Diffusion, again around improper copyright violation. And more recently, we've seen a very controversial case where some people have made deepfakes that are sexually explicit, deepfake images of Taylor Swift, the world's most famous pop star. And these deepfake images have gone viral online and upset a lot of people.
0: Right. Let's talk about the first case on copyright violation first. How should the copyright law be changed in light of this case?
1: Uh, The key point of contention is not that apps should not be allowed to use publicly available work to train their AI models, but more a question of is the output very similar to the training data that is created by artists? So right now the artists are having a difficult time convincing the court that the output is very, very similar to their original work, the original work by human beings. So in terms of how to craft these copyright laws or amend these copyright laws, is maybe to think about um, how can we protect artists and content creators where their work is not ripped off in its entirety or reproduced exactly as it is.
0: The UK government also wanted to set out an AI copyright code of practice, but it abandoned this initiative recently. What does this tell us? Is it really so challenging to get it done?
1: Yeah, this type of legislation is extremely challenging for really all the reasons we talked about. So right now, it's hard to legally prove that AI companies are using other people's data, other people's work without permission to train these AI models. And then the output of these models is extremely similar to the author's original work. But the question we have to ask is, are AI companies wrong to use other people's work in their training data when the data is already publicly available, many times available for free. So the sticking point here is that content creators and copyright owners, they want to be paid and or recognized when their work is used. And this is a very reasonable request. So in the end, because these two sides need to reach some kind of compromise, I suspect that AI copyright legislation is going to be determined by lawsuits and court cases and that's going to set some kind of precedent that regulations and laws can then follow.
0: What about the second case you talked about? Regulating deepfakes should be less contentious.
1: Yeah, it's less contentious. Protecting people from having fake images ruin their reputation is a good thing. You want to protect people against that. The question is, how do you implement it? So if we look at Taylor Swift's specific example in January, now, probably because these deepfakes targeted the world's most famous pop star, it got a very quick response from U.S. lawmakers, tech CEOs, and other people as well. And at least in the U.S., we're most likely going to see new laws that protect people that are targeted by these kind of malicious, harmful deepfakes. So basically the proposed law over there would allow victims to sue people that produced or possessed malicious deepfakes with the intent to distribute these images. Now, the proposed law wants to go one step further in the U.S. and also give people the right to sue other people who have received the deepfakes, knowing that it was made without the person's consent. So here's where it gets a little bit tricky. Yes, you want to protect the person that was harmed, but then if people were given this content and they didn't ask for it, how far do you punish people and what level of civil and criminal litigation should be enforced in cases like this? Now, the European Union also has a similar law in the works and I expect many countries to follow suit, but I hope that the focus is going to be number one on protecting individuals that are targeted and prosecuting the people that are creating these images in the first place.
0: If we are really trying to amend our copyright law, I mean, without waiting for losses to happen, are there any successful mm-hmm. examples in the world so far?
1: Not that I'm aware of at a large scale because everybody's still trying to figure this out. But one place we can look for a little bit of inspiration that seems to have worked is looking at the terms and conditions of the individual AI apps. So if we look at ChatGPT and some of the questions people have is if I use ChatGPT to produce some kind of output or text, who owns the text? Do I own the output or does OpenAI own the output or does the content creator that the training data was based on, do they own the output? So in the case of ChatGPT, the terms and conditions of the app globally says that you own the content that you generate using ChatGPT. And it's quite similar for Midjourney and image generators, because basically if you've been a paying subscriber to these apps like Midjourney, you own the rights to the image you generate. So that's a bit of a success story on the ownership of the output so the question here then becomes are we protecting the original content creators or the artists or the authors whose data was used to train the ai models and that's the part that's still being decided in the legal system